Pouring My Art Out podcast. This is episode, uh, 60-something. My name is Jimmy, and I am a crack squirrel. Some would say an imaginary crack squirrel that lives in Arthur's head. Arthur, uh, that's the guy who runs this here podcast where we talk about art, more or less. Unless something comes up unexpectedly, and, uh, well, that's what happened. Something came up. Arthur's mom died. It was unexpected. Sort of. She was 99 years and 8 months old. That's pretty old for a human, as I understand it. Oh yeah, that's old for a human. Yeah, so the Grim Reaper is here with me. Hey, people. And anyway, Arthur hasn't done anything artistic since he found out. Like, nothing. No tiki carving, no wood carving, no painting, no songwriting. He hasn't picked up his guitar, he hasn't even checked his email or Facebook or done a blog post on the Pouring My Art Out blog. He hasn't even started writing a new podcast episode yet. He just goes to work, eats, sleeps, and watches TV. You can actually see him gaining weight. I think what Grim is saying is that we are worried about the guy. Right. I mean, I sure don't want to meet the guy, uh, professionally, so to speak, anytime soon. Jeez, Grim. Man, can you imagine what that would do to his kids? Can you please stop talking about your work? We are supposed to be... Hold on. I told Nanny P. Flubber Biscuits that we were going to borrow Arthur's recording stuff while he was at work to do this episode. An emergency, you know. And he wants to be included. Let me put it on speaker. Hey, Mr. Flubber Biscuits. Hello. This is Hootenanny Beef Lover Biscuits. Yes, hello, sir. Owner and general manager of Hootenanny Beef Lover Biscuits Incorporated. We know who you are. We all know who you are. Makers of the tastiest, flakiest biscuits in town. Glad we got that all straightened out. Hello, Mr. Flubber Biscuits. You are just on time. We just started recording. Good. Then everybody can hear me say, What the heck, Mr. Grim Friggin' Reaper? Wait, what? How could you do this? You couldn't even give a little heads up or something? Well, to be fair, Mr. Flubber Biscuits, Grim can't actually... Oh, great. I knew this was coming. You think I'm the one who picks You could have, I don't know, lost the paperwork? That isn't how it works. And let me let you in on the one part of my job that I can talk about. Guess what? Every human on this planet is going to die. Sooner or later. Well, that's just fine and dandy, ain't it? I don't make the rules, you biscuit-obsessed human you. I... Guys, guys, guys. Let's stay focused. This isn't about us. This is about Arthur. He needs to work through his feelings. Oh heck, Jimmy. This ain't no intervention, and we sure ain't no therapists or psychoanalysts. Well, well, well. 
Where's your vaunted humanity now, Biscuit Man? The guy needs help. Why, you overgrown bone statue? Yeah, well, who gets the last laugh, you? Guys, focus. We need to get him to talk to let his feelings out. Does that help? It helps some people. Other people go off on their own to lick their wounds in solitude like a wolf. I think Arthur is more that way. So, we think talking might help, but we aren't sure. And we might not be able to get him to talk anyway. Oh, and if we do get him to talk, it might not help him, but just tear off the scab. Humans, am I right? Jimmy, can't you just read his mind? It doesn't work that way, but I can't talk about work stuff. Ah, see what I did there? Very funny. I see what you did there. So you guys know how it all went down, right? I don't know nothing about nothing. Well, Arthur was gonna drive from here, San Diego, to the San Francisco Bay Area to visit his mom. Cause he found out she really wasn't doing well and he took emergency leave from his security guard job. He was leaving the next morning, but when he got up the next morning, he had a text from his brother that it was all over. Oh, man. So you got there before he could, eh? Listen, biscuit boy. No, you listen, bonehead. So, as I was saying, he missed being there at the very last. But he did go up for a few days a couple weeks ago and had a very good time. Quality time, as the humans say. When she was doing poorly but seemed like she might bounce back. As she had so many times before. I mean, Arthur's mom is sort of a badass. She was born in 1923 and lived through the Great Depression. 1923, I mean, that is a lot of history to live through. I don't know what the world was like in 1923. You just used the Google on it. Hold on, I got it. What was America like? In 1923. Man, you are slow. How can a skeleton have such fat fingers? Shut up, okay? Let's see. 1923. Man, the Google is pretty cool. You gotta hand it to humans. Yeah, you do. It says here, Hey, the first issue of Time magazine was published in 1923. I don't know what that means. The first Yankee Stadium is opened. Vice President Calvin Coolidge became president on the death of President Warren G. Harding. The governor of Oklahoma signed a bill outlawing the teaching of the theory of evolution. The Hollywood sign was inaugurated. James Bell, founder of Taco Bell, was born. So was Hank Williams, Charlton Heston, and George Patton. Man, look at these crazy pictures. They hadn't invented color yet. And why did they call them the Roaring Twenties? I don't understand any of this. Well, let's not get caught up in minor details. Go on, Jimmy. She got a college degree and worked as a statistician for the health department. This is way back when women only worked as secretaries, and few women even worked at all. How do you know all this stuff? I listen when his family talks to him. I think I listen more than he does. So Arthur's mom and dad adopted a boy in the late 50s and then adopted Arthur in 1960. 
Both the kids were newborns at the time of the adoption. Then two years later, they had another boy in uh, the old-fashioned way. And then two years later, a fourth brother was added, also using um, traditional methods. And with four boys to raise, she continued her career. Almost unheard of in those days, although things were changing. What a woman! Yeah, and she survived cancer, lived to be over 99, and then she donated her brain to science because she was part of a study about cognitive ability in later life. Okay, that is badass. She made sure the family traveled so they could learn about other people, and she took them to art galleries and museums and on birdwatching trips and all kinds of stuff. Made sure they got some culture. Well, you must know the story about Arthur's mom. It is legendary. What story? Which one? Spill the beans, squirrel. The story about when she had her pacemaker put in a while ago. I think she was, like, in her 80s. So what happened? The doctor wanted to knock her out. You know, full anesthesia. But Arthur's mom said no. She wanted a local anesthetic. Why in the world? She told that doctor that she didn't want to be groggy the next day because she was going on a bus tour of the Napa Valley wine country. Yes. Right. Hey, we gotta wrap this up. Arthur will be home soon. Okay, this time I am going to call Mr. Flubberbiscuits just to save time. Good idea. Hello, this is the answering machine of Hootenanny P. Flubber Biscuits, owner and general manager of Hootenanny P. Flubber Biscuits Incorporated, makers of the tastiest, flakiest biscuits in town. Hello, this Hello? is... Hello, this is Hootenanny P. Flubber Biscuits. Hello, Mr. Owner and general manager of Hootenanna P. Flubber Biscuits Incorporated. Just hang up. Yes, Mr. Makers of... I will gut you like a fish. The flakiest, tastiest biscuits in town. You said flakiest, tastiest. I thought it was tastiest, flakiest. I like to mix it up now and then. Uh-huh. Guys, let's get started. We... Is that a giant red... I told the devil we were doing this. He is still obsessed with Arthur. Give it a smack so he knows he can pop in. I am not smacking that. Oh jeez, watch out. He promised Art he wouldn't pop in unannounced. Katakak Naratsegal Karik Sakar Klak Klak Sorry, my ancient Babylonian is a little rusty. Oh, well, I will be Arthur again. So, how is Arthur doing? Any sign of improvement? Not really, no. He is still moping around because his mom died. Clam up, you bargain basement Halloween decoration. You clam up, Swillsbury Doughboy. Guys! Both of you be silent. Now, where were we, Jimmy? Well, uh, Mr. Devil, sir, what Grimm says is essentially correct. Arthur does seem to be a little distant and moody. 
certainly isn't accessing the art side of his brain. And that is the only side of the brain that he has. The irony is that his mom would hate anybody feeling sorry for themselves on her account. Yeah, that lady had no time for self-pity. I guess we have all accepted the fact that Arthur is depressed, or whatever. I will never understand humans. Right? right? But we have been talking about his mom, and we kind of get how losing someone you have known your whole life, and who used to feed you and take care of you, can mess you up for a while. Is it weird that we even care what is happening with this human? Well, yeah. When I am him, like now, I can feel his sadness. Wait, what do you mean, like now? How often do you turn yourself into him? I mean, like, all the time. Usually it's fun to be him. Right? But I have to live in there, looking at it all from the inside. When he is feeling artistic, it is like a carnival on Christmas and Mardi Gras mixed with a rave and a Grateful Dead concert on acid. There are colors and images flickering all over the walls and the music when he plays and sings. Man, the acoustics are awesome in there. But now, there are no colors at all. Wow, that just got really dark. Can we go back talking about his mom? Sure, I am interested, as long as you think that will help us help Arthur somehow. I have been doing some research. I think his mom started at UC Berkeley, a really hard college. And then Pearl Harbor happened like a few days after her classes started. Who was Pearl Harbor? Okay, never mind that. I called the girls, Arthur's two kids, and I asked if I could record the call and ask them to say the first things that popped into their minds about their grandmother. Let me play what they each said. Here is Jessica. My grandma was a remarkable, strong woman. She was a trailblazer in many areas of her life. She also really loved birds. I never got the hype, but she really, really loved birds. And here's what Molly said. Grammy B was the definition of a strong, independent woman. She loved her whiskey and her family. I'm so glad that I grew up with her as an example and a role model. See, it's the whole emotions and feelings thing. I just don't get it. Yep, it's like a curse and a blessing at the same time, uh, so to speak. You're addicted to it, aren't you? Oh yeah, I got it bad. I just need to feel something, anything. Hey, don't make this all about you for crying out loud. We are here to help Arthur, the real Arthur. Okay, fair enough. So, Arthur always said that his mom was like an emergency trauma nurse when him and his three brothers came home all ripped and torn up. Yeah, man, we were free-range, semi-domesticated wildcats when we were kids. And there was no safety equipment. We rode bikes and skateboards and climbed trees. We were always injuring ourselves. Mom would hear our yells and meet us at the back door. She would look skeptically at our wounds, and she always said the same thing in a very calm tone. Don't come in here and bleed all over the hardwood floors. And you knew it wasn't that bad. She would bring out some things, patch you up, and send you on your way. One time, when I was like 14, I fell on a broken bottle, and I was cut pretty bad on the palm of my hand. See, the scars are still there. 
I walked half a block home. I yelled for mom. She met me at the back door and looked at my hand. When I stopped clamping the veins of my wrist with my other hand, the blood flowed in a continuous tiny stream to the ground. Not drops, not drips. It was a steady stream. Mom grabbed me and pulled me through the kitchen where she grabbed a clean dish towel on the move and wrapping the towel around my bleeding hand led me to the bathroom. She didn't say the words. I was sure right then that I was going to die. Stop talking like you're him. You are freaking me out. You don't get it. I understand why they call it a sense of loss. It's like you lost part of yourself. She used to love birds. She got me interested in birds. I saw a cool bird in a tree, and when I described it to her, she said, Oh, that is the red-breasted sapsucker. And for the last few years, as her eyesight got bad, I would sit outside watching the bird feeder holding my camera with the telephoto lens whenever I was visiting her. I would zoom in on just the birds and crop the photos in Photoshop so I could show her the bird pictures enlarged on my laptop. But now when I see a bird, it reminds me of her, and I get depressed again. And birds are pretty common, so... Man, I used to call her up if I saw a cool hawk, or... You are not him. Repeat after me. I am not Arthur. And I was such a bad kid. I mean, later, through my teens, I put my parents through... Get a hold of yourself. You're an immortal for crying out loud. You know, the idea of immortals taking a hand in human affairs is not a new one. Maybe, but you are making it weird. Who the H-E double hockey sticks is that? Oh, that's Blemnar, the space alien. He likes probing people. You mean like probing their deepest inner thoughts? More like probing their deepest inner recesses. Oh, well, anyway, shut up, you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Don't antagonize him, sir. He is interrupting our recording by some advanced alien technology. Yeah, we can't control him, so we try to ignore him until he goes away. Listen, you, do you know who I am? I'm the devil. <laughs> Not a who, a what. The devil. The Lord of Evil, Master of the Nether Realms, His Satanic Majesty, Devourer of Souls. No, no, we don't have any of those things where I come from. Okay, hold on. Uh, oh, I have located you. I will be right back. What did you do? Just popped into his spaceship and showed him a few different versions of myself. I figured. So I guess we won't be hearing from him for a while. Probably not. But you're right. I need to stop this. The emotions are bleeding into whatever other forms I take. I don't want to end up having emotions all the time. It's just too much. Admitting that you have a problem is the first... Shut up. So, it kind of seems like we just have to let Arthur get over it on his own. I guess so. Wait, before I give up this whole being human thing cold turkey, let me just say a few other th quick things as Arthur. Let her rip. Yeah, go ahead. <sighs> Whatever. 
She was my biggest fan. She kept copies of all my books in the living room and sold them to a few people. Also, she would buy some books from me to give to people for gifts. A lot of kids have read my children's books, and a lot of adults have uh, ended up with my novels. The children's books have gotten rave reviews from actual children. She was a grand lady. My parents met at the Episcopal Church in Berkeley, right beside the UC Berkeley campus. They met in the choir. That was like around the end of World War II. Both of their memorial services were held there. My mom was still active in the choir until just a few years ago. She sang with the choir at the Vatican on one church trip and St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Now her and my dad have their ashes mixed under a shade tree in the backyard. Is that legal? That seems like a health code violation. You have no soul, death man. Well, duh. I saw some crows swooping at a red-tailed hawk today. I almost picked up my phone to call mom and tell her. Are you crying? No, shut up. You're crying. Oh, for crying out loud. Wait, I get it. Crying out loud. It's like a real thing. So, guys, I think we all agree, right? Agree what was what that now? That Arthur will sort himself out eventually, and that if we try to help, we could just end up making it worse. We oh, got us about right? And I bet he will end up doing some ridiculous podcast episode and be his weird, cranky self in no time. All right. Catch you guys later. Hold on. Change into something else first. Oh, sure. Whatever. Later. Yeah, well, goodbye, Mr. Flubber Biscuits. Bye, Jimmy. Catch you later, Graham. Bye, people. Okay, cool. You know, you can see a lot of those bird photos on the Pouring My Heart Out blog. That picks of his mom. And the house he grew up in and stuff. Just so you know. Wait, are we supposed to play some kind of music? The mic is still on. Jimmy? Satan? Oh, dang it. Okay, I will play you out with ten minutes of grim silence. But I might say some stuff, so no cheating. Listen to all of it. No, scratch that. Silence is too good for you. I will take this opportunity to speak to you humans. I do not kill people. I do not decide when you die. I just pick up the souls and take them where they are supposed to go. I am basically an Uber driver, but the pay is even worse. I am stuck doing this thankless job forever, or until you all come up with a new version of me in your twisted imaginations and I get to start over once again. As soon as enough of you start thinking of me as that new form. Get it? You made me, you invented me. You're the ones who made me look like a scary skeleton in a dark robe. You always made me look like something scary. You could have made me look like a big fluffy bunny. But no, you gave that to the Easter Bunny. That you made up to celebrate a holiday about another guy that you just made up. How does that even make sense? What do bunnies have to do with any of that? You invented the idea of souls which isn't even close to the idea of the part of you that I pick up. Then you started thinking up weird ideas for how these souls get taken away, and even weirder ideas of the places I am taking them. 
And if I wasn't here doing my job, the part of you that, uh, might be useful later would just go to waste. So you're welcome. Stop hating me. Unless you're part of that big lawsuit over damages you received from using my hot sauce, I take full responsibility for that. My bad. I didn't realize how pathetically vulnerable humans are. No wonder I'm so busy. You can die from practically anything. Heck, you are mostly water, but you can actually die from drinking too much water. It has happened more than once. Also, you can drown in water. I mean, come on, how dangerous is water? And not to be rude, but you aren't that smart. Do you know that people died drinking bleach just because that Trump idiot said it could cure COVID? That actually happened. And do you know how many young men I meet whose last words were, Hold my beer, or I can do a better backflip off the high dive than that, or you call that a motorcycle stunt? You know what impresses the young ladies? Guys who don't get stinking drunk and then kill themselves right in front of the young ladies they are trying to impress. Nothing says don't date me like being dead. Stop drinking and driving. Stop doing extreme sports. Maybe you could all try dying of old age or disease for a while. And most of all, stop having wars. What do they get you? Okay, sometimes you have to get rid of Nazis or whatever, but usually wars are fought for the stupidest reasons. And stop murdering each other. What is up with that? Americans are the worst at this. More Americans die each year than all the citizens of countries that don't have so much freedom and are ruled by cruel tyrants. Maybe freedom is too much for you to handle. You sure are screwing it up right now. You will be at each other's throats soon. And why? Because too many of you are psychologically prone to following someone who sounds strong and confident, no matter how stupid they really are. You believe lies. Fox News is going to start a freaking civil war, and you are all too stubborn and full of freedom to even see it coming. Okay, that's it. Get out there and try to stay alive for another day. Is that too much to ask? Bye, people.